Section 71 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 8 Change Rather Than Conclusion. The dreaded moment had come. The question now was to place the machinery in the boat. Gilead was thoughtful for several minutes, holding the elbow of his left arm in his right hand and his brow in his left hand. Then he mounted the wreck one portion of which, containing the engines, was to be detached, while the other portion, the hull, was to remain. He cut the four slings which fastened the four chains of the smokestack to the starboard and port sides of the Durande. As the slings were merely of rope, his knife served for this purpose. The four chains, now free and unfastened, hung down along the smokestack. From the wreck, he climbed up to the apparatus which he had constructed, stamped upon the timbers, inspected the tackle, looked at the pulleys, felt of the cables, examined the pieces with which they were eked out, made sure that the untarred rope was not thoroughly saturated, saw that nothing was lacking and that nothing was giving way, then, leaping from the summit of the binding strakes upon the deck, he took up his position near the capstan in the part of the Durande which was to remain hanging to the Douvre. That was to be his post of labor. Grave, moved solely by useful emotion, he cast a final glance at the blocks and falls, then seized a file and began to work at the chain which held all in suspense. The grating of the file could be heard amid the roaring of the sea. The chain of the capstan, attached to the regulating Burton, was within Gilead's reach, close to his hand. All at once there came a cracking. The chain into which the file was biting, when not more than half cut through, had just broken. The whole apparatus began to waver. Gilead had barely time to seize the Burton tackle. The broken chain struck the rock. The eight cables stretched. The whole mass, cut and sawed through, tore itself from the wreck. The belly of the Durande opened. The iron flooring of the engine, weighing on the cables, made its appearance below the keel. If Gilead had not seized the Burton in time, a fall would have ensued. But his controlling hand was there, and it was a descent instead. When the brother of Jean Bart, Peter Bart, that powerful and sagacious drunkard, that poor fisherman of Dunkirk, who addressed the Grand Admiral of France familiarly as thou, saved the Langeron galley wrecked in the Bay of Ambletus, when, in order to rescue that heavy floating mass from the breakers of the furious bay, he rolled up the mainsail and tied it with sea-rushes, when he wished these rushes to give the sail to the wind, by breaking of their own accord, he trusted to the parting of the rushes as did Gilead to the snapping of the chain, and it was the same eccentric hardihood crowned with the same success. The Burton tackle which Gilead seized held firm and worked admirably. Its function, as the reader will remember, was the controlling of many forces brought together into one and reduced to simultaneous action. This burton was somewhat similar to the bridle of the bowline, only, instead of trimming a sail, it served to balance a mechanism. Gilead, 
erect with his hand on the capstan had so to speak his finger on the pulse of the apparatus here gilead's inventive genius shone forth a remarkable coincidence of forces was produced while the machinery of the durand detached in a mass was descending towards the boat the boat was rising to meet the machinery the wreck and the rescuing boat helped each other in inverse sense by coming to meet each other they sought each other and spared each other half the toil the tide swelling noiselessly between the two douvres raised the boat and brought it nearer the durande the sea was more than vanquished it was tamed the ocean became a part of the mechanism the water as it rose lifted the boat without any shock softly almost with precaution and as though it were made of porcelain gilliatt combined and proportioned the two labors that of the water and that of the apparatus and motionless beside the capstan a sort of redoubtable statue obeyed by all the movements at once regulated the slowness of descent by the slowness of the rise there was no shock in the water no jerk from the blocks and falls it was a strange collaboration of all natural forces conquered on the one hand gravitation bearing the engine on the other the water bearing the bark the attraction of the planets which is the tide and the attraction of the earth which is weight seemed to have entered into an understanding to serve gilliatt their subordination knew no hesitation or halt and beneath the dominance of a mind these passive forces became active auxiliaries moment by moment the work advanced the interval between the boat and the wreck insensibly diminished the approach was made in silence and with a sort of terror of the man who was there the elements had received an order and were executing it almost at the precise moment when the tide ceased to rise the cables ceased to pay out suddenly but without commotion the tackle halted the machinery had reached its resting-place in the boat there it stood erect motionless solid the supporting iron floor rested its four corners evenly on the hold it was done gilliatt gazed in bewilderment the poor creature was not spoiled by his joy he underwent the weakening effect of an immense happiness he felt his limbs give way beneath him and in the hour of his triumph he who hitherto had never had a single quiver now began to tremble he gazed at the boat under the wreck and the machinery in the boat he did not seem to believe it was true one would have said that he had not expected to accomplish what he had done a prodigy had been wrought by his hands and he looked upon it with amazement this bewilderment did not long continue gilliatt started like a man who is just waking up seized the saw cut the eight cables then separated from the boat by half a score of feet only thanks to the rising of the tide he jumped into it took a coil of rope made four slings passed them through the rings prepared in advance and fastened to the sides of the boat the four chains of the smokestack which only an hour before had been still attached to the sides of the durande the smokestack secured 
Gilliatt disengaged the upper part of the machinery. A square piece of the platform of the Durand's bridge adhered to it. Gilliatt removed the nails, relieved the boat of this encumbrance of beams and planks, which he flung upon the rock. A useful lightning. However, the sloop, as might have been foreseen, bore herself well under the weight of the machinery. The paunch was loaded only to a good floating line. The engine of the Durand, although heavy, weighed less than the heap of stones and the cannon formerly brought back from Erm by the paunch. All was then finished. Nothing was left but to take his departure. End of chapter 8 Change rather than conclusion.